Happy New Year, y'all. This will be the last Friday episode of the podcast. The next episode will be Wednesday, January 5th. I wouldn't skip a week for you guys. And currently, I think of doing a recap of some movies from this year. Or maybe I should invest in doing something topical, like The Matrix Resurrection seems right for discussion. And Don't Look Up has sent discourse to the moon. Liquor's Pizza might be some interesting content, but and like with a recap, it would be hard to do paragraph film theories. Recaps are better suited for reviews, <clears throat> but it's time to stop pontificating. And I am the boss, and it's time to talk about a doozy of a film, Sean Baker's Red Rocket. But if you want to know why I might sound different today, it's because I've started using a different microphone. If you want to know why I said it's time to start by talking about a doozy of a film and then didn't start talking about it, it's because I'm actually stalling for time to make sure I get one person's name right. So as I click a whole crafting crew on my IMDB page that I just pulled up, I am now ready to go. So I really need to invest in an opening spiel that I prepare for, but I want to make sure I give everyone their credit. I get better at that. And I know I just wasted 30 seconds of time, but Red Rocket is directed by Red Rocket. It's directed by Sean Baker. It's written by Sean Baker and Chris Burgotch. It stars Sean, it stars Simon Rex, Brie Elrod, and Susanna Sun. The film follows Mikey Saber, played by Rex, a washed-up porn star who returns to Texas City, Texas, after being run out of LA. He brings he begins living with his estranged wife, Lexi, Brie Elrod, while doing some other things with a high schooler that works on a donut shop. The high schooler's name is Strawberry, not the donut shop. Also at the donut shop is the same lady from 2015's Tangerine that played the donut shop owner in that. She changed Sal. And that's who I want to make sure I got the name right because she's one of Sean Baker's producers. She does a bunch of stuff for him and she acts as a donut shop owner. So she's great and I think probably very important to his progress, pro- to his process. So she should get the credit she deserved also on this movie sean baker had an interesting credit in the credits he was also credited as their stunt driver and so first let's talk about more about that stunt driver himself sean baker i believe is the most important independent filmmaker working today chloe zhao eliza hitman have claims to this title but i give it to baker Zhao also just made a 150 million dollar blockbuster so not exactly indie so to go into film economics for a quick moment because i'm sure that's what everybody's excited to hear blockbusters are becoming mega blockbusters 200 million to make a movie that the studio hopes will make a billion dollars in order to make that much money those movies have to be agreeable to worldwide audiences while i do enjoy a lot of blockbusters there are many that are thematically devoid and generally the actions of the characters are lacking consequence Audience flock to these because they enjoy them and they are safe. They know what they're buying. The average American has no money and sees about three years of three movies here. I don't believe that the theatrical experience is dead. It's just the financial capability for people to see movies in theaters is dead. So that prevents a difficult challenge for independent filmmakers. If people barely see mega blockbusters, how do we get to see our movies? For a lot of people, they sell them to streaming, which I support, or they end up making an algorithmically decided movie based on what Netflix thinks will get people to keep subscribing rather than actually watch. Sean Baker ain't going to do that. He is going to put his movies in theaters no matter what, and I respect that. I also respect his diehard commitment to using real film stock, Tangerine obviously being a huge exception, but he is a film preservationist, and quote-unquote, he's the guy that everybody calls like a true artist. And off-screen, he is committed to the movie theater. 
and that and all that film contains. On screen, he is committed to capturing slices of American life that are often ignored on screen. And his first three films are practically impossible to find, so I haven't seen him, but I desperately want to. In 2014 or 15, he broke through with Tangerine. From what I understand, he couldn't have funded or get see permits to shoot, so he just decided to reduce the budget by shooting it on an iPhone with a few filters. And the film was about transgender prostitutes in L.A., was very noble at the time for having real trans women as the actresses and telling their story. The movie was a truly empathetic look at the situation in L.A. and for those people, and his follow-up, The Florida Project, looked at the economic damage that Disney has done to an area of Orlando. And those movies that feature poverty, sex work, and real people, most of the actors he uses are first-time actors that really live in the location he is filming on. These movies show the margins of American life. He shows us what everyone else excludes. And I think his commitment to film and capturing the unglamorous realities of our country make him a filmmaker that's already proven he will stand the test of time. And that's a lot of the big stuff that I'm saying about this guy. But that is my level of praise for him. So Red Rocket was filmed on 16mm, features poverty, sex work, and real people. And I saw it in the theaters. It was glorious. Tangerine and Florida Project show characters that are empathetic, even if they do not fit our regular ideal of good people. And Red Rocket is from the perspective of a through-and-through bastard. And I know I don't cuss that much on this show, but I did it because he deserves it. It is set in summer 2016 in Texas City, Texas, as I already said. And so Simon Rex plays Maggie Saber, the porn star who recently has been exiled from L.A. He returns home to get back on his feet, but really just to commit some emotional terrorism to the people around him. Ten people were in my theater, five left before it was over. Obviously, the other five left when it was over. And I would not watch this movie if you are at all, and I mean at all, concerned with content. The appeal is as a dark comedy, but it may be the darkest comedy. And I must admit that I was pretty confused at first. It was not the empathetic look that Baker's previous films were. It is. And a lot of the people in the movie, but Saber is a destroyer. He is depraved. And we follow him throughout the entire movie as he takes advantage of anyone and everyone. And now here's my theory. It's three-pronged and it contains spoilers. Saber may be a metaphor for Trump, but he's definitely listed the grocer. But let's keep going with the Trump thing. I also think Strawberry is real and is also parallel for Lexi. Some people just think it's about him dreaming of what it was like to leave with Lexi. But I think she has to be real in order for the metaphor to work. And how does her being real and being a parallel to Lexi work. Well, how does that relate to Trump and capturing America? Well, I'm happy you asked because the third part of the theory is that the ending is Saber getting lucky as I think that we can establish that is really what happens. So it's really, this is a lot of spoilers, but Saber is a hustler. Importantly, he has no capability of feeling remorse. Wow, I started extending from that. He believes his own lies, and I think he is meant for Trump in that way. And since he doesn't have his Texas accent, he says he's like them, but he's not. He wants their support, except the whole time he's planning to go take over the big city. They've included the sexual predation, which we'll get to a little bit later, and was quite disturbing. I find it really interesting that the city rejected him, like that if Trump was in front of his voters, they would see through him. Trump had the golden ticket, and that's Strawberry. And I think that's why she needs to be real. I also just want to throw this. I'm not just throwing out Trump there. I realize I didn't establish this because I'm still a bad podcaster. Is that throughout the movie, there's Trump's quotes playing in the background. I think that is what establishes the clear, clear parallel. And 
So basically, Strawberry, she's the one that works at a donut shop that's in high school that Mikey has his sexual predation for. And like Lexi, Strawberry and Lexi are similar in the way that Mikey doesn't care about them. Or even if he does, he cares less about them than he cares about himself. And my favorite moment in the movie is that moment when Strawberry starts saying bye, 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 and sink. And Saber's not feeling an ounce of remorse. She could be a star. She has so much talent. But he only wants her to get him off and get his career back up and running. And I believe the movie leads us to believe that this is what he did to Lexi. His whole life, he ruins other people to stay alive, to stay on top. Anything that he thinks will benefit him. I also compare him to a cockroach, and not just because a lot of the movie is about his cock, but just the fact that he just doesn't die. And like Trump exhausting his business clients and then turning to politics, he won due to a perfect storm for him. The window was not as big as we hear over the radio and TV throughout this film. Like, it's just constantly that they're talking about how, how he doesn't have much of a chance to win. They always underestimate. But I think Mikey constantly survives like this cockroach. And maybe similar with Trump is because people are merciful, but there's no low that Mikey wants to for. Like, for example, there's a scene with the car crash where Sean Baker had to get um, stunt driving credit where Lonnie does not rat Mikey out after the car crash because Lonnie, I'm not going to explain the whole situation but if you've seen the movie, you know it's not. And if you haven't seen the movie, you'll understand. But basically, they they get in, they cause this accident, and Lonnie doesn't rat him out. Because Lonnie is normal. He has nothing except his misplaced trust in Mikey. And then the other example is the drug-dealing family. They give him money for him to leave. They don't just kill him dead. They leave him alive because they can't outsmart him. And the drug dealers make a deal with Lexi. Like, he didn't even consider this. But these near-death experiences don't mean much to Mikey because he's just going to con someone else. As long as he's still alive, he's just going to con someone else. And that is like what he's doing to Strawberry. She's too young and too impressionable to catch on. She's also the golden ticket. And his grooming and, honestly, statutory raping of someone are some of the worst crimes that a person can commit. And Mikey does these without giving a second thought. And this is why, in my opinion, Strawberry has to be real for my reading of the film because if she's fake, then Mikey is lost. And if his memory of his life is lost, I don't think we're both to believe that Mikey is lost. I think the parallel is because he has done the exact same thing to get out of town. They did the last time, except this time much worse. And to me, this is the main message of the movie, that whether it's Mikey Saper, Donald Trump, or any other co cockroach anywhere, the reason they win and the reason they always seem to get lucky is there's nothing they're unwilling to do. They are so fully desperate to get back on top. A normal person stands no chance against them. They won't go to the levels that these people will, and that's why he always gets up and comes back. And I think that's another important reason Red Rocket will go down in Sean Baker's catalog is through a few of his films, he has shown good people in bad situations, and in Red Rocket, he tackled the worst type of people who creates these bad situations, the other half of the ecosystem. This man that preys on people's hopes and dreams then seps themselves into the life, and then just constantly takes advantage of them with no remorse. He will stop in nothing. And I just found that so interesting, and then I hope that Sean Baker has another movie as soon as possible, because I will definitely do a podcast on it, or anything this man does. So thank you for listening, and I don't really recommend Red Rocket, but if what I'd said you, if you somehow listen to this, getting it spoiled, and you're still like, wow, that seems good, go see it. And if you think, wow, that movie was disturbing, 
why why this person ever think to make a podcast. I don't even want to attach my name to this episode because of how intense the movie was. But if you're thinking that, yeah, then I would say this movie's definitely not for you. But this movie's really quite good for the people that are gonna like it. It's very self-selecting. Okay, so thank you for listening. I'm gonna stop defending my interests, but I will continue defending my interests if you have questions in the comment section.